I'm Tom Saunders, getting through this in Los Angeles. And I'm Scott Blakeman in New York City. I've never admitted this publicly until now. I don't floss. Yes, I know the dentists are right when they say flossing is essential to remove the food particles that brushing can't reach, and that not doing so can lead to the build of a plaque and sensitive gums, yet still I have resisted. It's not for lack of trying, but I just can't seem to get the hang of this flossing thing. At each dentist visit, I always assure the dentist that now I'm going to start flossing, but I never did until now. Today, I received the Water Flosser by Waterpick, which promises, quote, healthier gums and brighter teeth than just one minute a day, which sounds like the headline of a 1940s ad in Life magazine with lots of copy. <laughs> now, I will start using the Space Age cordless battery-operated wonder device today, and my teeth and gums will surely thank me. Scotty, I imagine you're Revelations are a shock to many a podcast listener who are diligent flossers and are fascinated by the irony of a dentist's son's aversion to tooth string. But to many, your powerful true confessions are a healing balm. For there are a lot of us who suffer tooth guilt for having gone days, weeks, or even lifetimes never flossing. Scotty, for generations, dentists and Dental assistants have given patients over the years little rolls of dental floss and lectures on how to use it. But I'm still left with questions, Scotty. Is it to rub away plaque? Is it to get food out of between gums and teeth? Should you move the string up and down or back and forth? I go up and down. So many questions, and we haven't even gotten to your gleaming space-age fountain pen of the gums. Well, Tommy, I've always envied the flossers like you who somehow figured out the right way to do it and continue to find the right, right way twice a day. Now, I use the same excuse not to floss that I use to not exercise in a gym. Uh, I don't know how to do it. And if I do it the wrong way, it's worse than not doing it at all. Now, I thought I was destined to be a non-flosser my whole life and until the friendly and skilled dental hygienist who cleaned my teeth this week told me about the water pick flosser. Sure, I knew water pick made electric toothbrushes, but I never dreamed that they made a device that could floss my teeth simply by holding the magic portable flosser in my hand. And as the box says, and I do promise to open it and start using it today, <laughs> the water pick flosser removes 99.9% of plaque from treated areas and is up to 50% more effective for improving gum health versus string floss. Now, the nozzles simply direct the water between the teeth, and they say it's the easy and most effective way to floss, a line they actually have trademarked, by the way, which also could be their motto, too. <laughs> Scotty, this is going to sound like I've kissed too many Blarney stones, but just yesterday, before you made this wonder public, this wonderful, unexpected, totally counterintuitive uh, event, didn't see this coming twisteroo. Why, <laughs> early today, for some reason, well, actually yesterday, in the middle of the day, I decided to floss. Wow. And I actually felt I was doing it right for the change. It was a strange thing because I do floss uh, uh, on a semi-regular basis. You know, at, at night, I'll, I'll attempt to, uh, the flossing, and, but sometimes I'll postpone it, Scotty. Yeah. It's, sometimes, it's one of those things that... I've, I've actually, and once you start postponing things or then 
that's a slippery slope. Well, yeah, well, actually, I think it's kind of rare in the floss world because usually it seems like you've got the diligent. Uh, I mean, my dad was always uh, I'd see him floss and, uh, you know, never missed a, a night. And usually the flossers, they know how to do it. And they go and it's always so easy. That's they say, I, I, yeah, because I say, I don't know. Do I, as you said, do you do it this way or that way? And yeah, uh, it's and back and forth, up and down. And, and it's, not, it's, never, it's never clear. They, and they make it so yeah. simple. Just just go in there and just grab the string and I never would get the right traction holding on to it. It would slip. And again, I didn't feel I was doing it right. And, and the fear of you're doing more harm by doing it wrong. And that was what guided me. <laughs> well, that's that, that actually is also the procrastinator's excuse. <laughs> yeah, if I could do it now, but what if I do it wrong? I could be doing more harm no matter what it is. You yeah, know? Right. I could mop up the floor now, but what if I mop wrong and I, jam it into my stomach somehow yeah you know? i use a wrong liquid and it discolors the floor <laughs> the discolors. you know let me put it off but you tell me it's interesting because the procrastinators as we both are we usually are steady with it and usually someone like you would probably just not floss at all and you came back to it yesterday which is fascinating and did it right well and, and also yeah. it, it was fascinating to me also because it was uh it it, it was um Absolutely, in the, you know, coincidental to your uh, water pick. By the way, I want to just say water pick. Though I'm old enough to remember water pick. We used to have one. My parents bought one, and you, and and, and additionally, it uh, or, sorry, originally, it was this thing that would shoot water into your gum. Well, that's it, right? It began that way. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't. You know, it's funny. I, I vaguely remember that. And as as a dentist, I'm sure my dad had it. And yet somehow it's a, it's a fact that eluded me because surely, and I say, you know, years ago, if when they were saying to me, yeah, here's the string, every time you go to the dentist, here's the string, I'm never going to use this. If I had known, and I did know, but I somehow blocked it out, that there was this water pick flosser that really solves every problem, not just dentistry, but in terms of the whole world. Yeah. Think, so you know. so I've, I'm familiar, and I think a lot of our podcast listeners are familiar with the water pick. The interesting thing, though, Scotty, is because I, I also I, I I much preferred the water pick to the to to string, just kind of making you string do things like um, again. The, uh, dentists were never, and I and and I I I honor the profession, Scotty, but dentists and their hygienists were never clear. They would go back and forth. Sometimes they'd say back and forth. Sometimes they'd say up and down. And yeah. each time it would be different. And what you're doing it for and what you're not doing it for, that would change. But not, But always flossing. That was always interesting, though. I think a lot of our listeners might wonder, your father is a dentist. He flossed every day. Didn't he ever sit you down and have that conversation? Son, <laughs> I'm going to show you how to floss. It's kind of like fishing, only it's because <clears throat> it uses, you know, line. And, yeah, and, yeah. You know, it's kind of something. Is that, you never you know, that. That's, that's the thing. I'm very interested. You know, is my dad was a great dentist and certainly cared about dental hygiene, but he never was an overbearing thing like, uh, nice, no son of mine will ever not floss <laughs> or no son of mine will ever not brush. And it never had that pressure. I mean, in fact, I do remember, I think I had my first cavity. I was in my 20s. And I remember my dad said, already he's got a cavity. <laughs> <laughs> I always remember that. And actually, I had two this week. And I think that's only like the fourth, third or fourth I've ever had in my lifetime. But so he was uh, yeah. easygoing. And, and remember the days, Tommy, when all you had to do was brush your teeth after every meal yeah. and have dentine 
gum when you can't brush. Like, what a perfect world that was. Well, I didn't brush, but I used dentine sugar gum. And we believed it. It's like, yeah, of course. Uh, you know, uh, that's the world I want to go back to where you all you got to do is brush and chew dentine and, and no flossing, you know. Uh, but yet flossing apparently did come on years later. And uh, yeah, do you remember the first time that uh, I can't remember the first time I did floss, but I never did it, uh, never did it right. And uh, but uh, yeah, that is the great thing. There was never a sense uh, for my dad uh, about the pressure. That was the great thing. Uh, no. Well, what I was saying, I think we got a we had a little bit of a, a glitch here, but. Uh, uh, the the I I had never I had to, it's I laughed hilariously loudly. Can you laugh hilariously? I, oh, I hope was so. filled with hilarity when I uh, at the thought at the memory of uh, dentine gum as a yeah. uh, as a um, tooth fixer. You know, as a as a as a um, dental part of your everyday abs- dental hygiene. Yeah, though. as part of your routine. <laughs> The idea of these little sticks of gum, I don't know if you heard that, little sticks of gum, of sugary gum, it's so, it's such an irresistible idea that, yeah. that, that, that all you have to do is chew dentine. Although they did say, you know, brush your teeth in the dentine ads. Right, didn't say it, but if you can't brush, uh, chew dentine. Oh, or right, even that's right. if you can't brush, <laughs> if you cannot brush, in other words, Dentine is really as good as brushing. Yeah. I mean, they say that, yeah, like it's a sugar, chewing a sugared gum is actually the same effect as, as brushing, brushing your, your teeth. teeth. Yeah. And in those days, I mean, when you think about what a wonderful life that was, you know, a life free of dental floss, but instead you're chewing delicious dentine, chewing gum. Yeah. I mean, if only everything could be that way. It's like, well, you know, you want to cut down on cholesterol, here's a box of chocolates to eat every day you know and that was the magical uh, <laughs> cure you know we need more of those magical cures Tommy. and i think that i think people were happier in those days well definitely let's yeah. take that as an absolute likelihood that people were happy yeah. in those days um uh, and, and happy go lucky is the t- yeah uh, that's the best kind of happy it's the best kind of happy it's the, it, it yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we didn't know that we our teeth. It's like we didn't know we were poor. We didn't know our teeth were rotting. <laughs> right. we, we all thought we had great teeth. We didn't know. And, you know, well, actually, now, thinking, speaking of dentine, now, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but this was a big part of my upbringing. Chiclets. Now, do you remember Chiclets from the American Chickle Company? <laughs> this was an incredible gum that my Aunt Mitzi, well, would, she was the only one I knew who had Chiclets, but she would have boxes of them. And it was a joy of a kid. Mitzi always has the chiclets. And it was, I think they still sell them. They're in a box and they're tablets of gum, really. They're like square tablets, delicious yeah, in all yeah. flavors. They're yeah. smaller even than chiclets. And, and yeah. uh, I, when I think of that, I always think of my grandmother, who was famous for splitting a chiclet amongst three <laughs> kids. Wow. How she could do it. But she, you know, there was a, there's a, uh, well, I guess you could say there's a Scottish tightwide uh, streak that runs through our family, Scotty. Um, but uh, yeah, we would. She would. She, uh, and is it possible to split a chiclet three ways? I, I could see maybe two ways. Two ways. Even that yeah. would be hard to split a chiclet. 
it's uh, hard to do it. But that's a great line that speaks to um, mm-hmm. frugalness. Yeah. Uh, you know, we were so, or p- poverty, which wasn't the case, but no. we were so poor, we had to split up the chicklets three ways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We had to split up chicklets three ways. Yeah, she was so cheap, she'd split it. Yeah, chicklet three ways. But okay, I'm just I'm basically reiterating the same slogan. I'm trying to. Well, but it's it's important to stress it, and <laughs> and these are gums of the past that I assume still exist. I have yeah. to check it. The kids today, I don't know what they actually. I don't know what the kids today chew uh, because you don't hear them talking about gum a lot. No, I don't think chewing gum is is a thing anymore. You know, I, I I think I have a theory that chewing gum came around back when adults chewed tobacco oh yeah that was like a thing you chew tobacco and then you'd spit it into a spittoon scotty Uh, yeah Uh, especially the ball players all had a wad in their cheek nelly fox i remember nelly Nelly fox Fox. chicago white sox and uh obviously horrible for you and it was oral cancer not to laugh it was a horrible thing but at the time it was just tasty and that's what you did right it was tasty yeah (laughs) or or something like what's the deal with chewing tobacco like what do you get out of it like does it stimulate you or something well i'm i hope it did because otherwise (laughs) what's the point of chewing tobacco it just seems was there a taste and I never did, thankfully, no. but uh, that was a very common thing. I think I may have tried doing it and it was and, and uh, accidentally swallowed. That's the worst oh. thing you can do with chewing tobacco. Uh, no, the worst thing you could do is feed it to a baby. <laughs> Who then swallows, Who then swallows it. it. Yeah, but, yeah. So but it's... the second worst is if you swallow it as an adult. <laughs> yeah, and, you'll survive yeah. And, and just have a good story to tell uh, years story. later. And, yeah, uh, but but, uh, but that that is a fascinating thing about the you know yeah baseball players and Nellie Fox. Funny you should go right to Nellie Fox, a 1958 yeah. uh, World <laughs> Series. Uh, um, Was he on the White Sox? The White Sox, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they went to the World Series. I don't think they won, but um, he would always have a huge pouch. I mean, a huge uh, <laughs> bulge in his cheek. <laughs> it is amazing that I haven't said Nellie Fox or thought Nellie Fox. More than an average of 35 years. I, I'm one I would say it, but that just came right out. And... I know. It was astounding that you you came up. Because Ernie Banks, also another famous Chicago oh, ball player, player, never chewed tobacco. No, no. I picture him as a very athletic, lean, yeah. and, and, and very clean cut. Just, very you know, clean, not yet. He didn't have a big sack of good tobacco in his cheek. He had, it was a streamlined, great face, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, it's he, interesting. You know, uh, he chewed baseball sort of like you know he some people get high on baseball he he do you know what i mean did that make- well he uh, he chewed up pitchers and spit them out <laughs> <laughs> as he rounded that's the bases home runs yeah that's good we could t- we could uh, have a whole sports column about 1958 sports yeah yeah like new expressions or dwell on 1958 well, it's a great time. It was in, you know, they had the odd poses, like the, the <laughs> baseball cards and the foot players. They don't do it now, no. but it was these very kind of pose staged, the linebacker, and he had his hands down and looking fierce. Right. And the running backs would have the knee in the air yeah. and the hand pushing out, hand. holding the ball. Right. And it was the same set pose they always yeah. had. The hand pushing out, holding the ball, running yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, off at an angle. It's like a bit yeah. of cliche. And then you go, and, and then you think, oh, these photographers are such copycats. Hey, why don't you have your hand out like you, you know, do a straight arming someone? Yeah, that's got it. 
You know, yeah, but then you go, I want to be different. Uh, no, that's where they all know. You got to do this. No, 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 different. No. What, what are you going to do? Tiptoe like you're a ballerina? No. <laughs> you're straight up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and they all did. And, uh, uh, and the great, I was thinking the other day, I was going to mention this the other day, the great Paul Hornig passed away and he was at 84 years of age. And I have his jersey, the number five. I've never, it's still in the plastic from Mitchell and Ness. I've had it for about eight years, never took it out of it, but I know, I'm glad that I have it. No, this it. is actually and, Paul Hornig's actual- Well, the, uh, once again, the vintage reproduction. Vintage reproduction. Okay. Yes, of course. Uh, everything I say is always a vintage reproduction. Yeah. I wish I had his jersey. <laughs> I, I, would call, I, I just wanted yeah. to clarify that from, with, our, uh, with our listeners, because I think they might be disappointed if it was the real thing. Uh, you, you have such a, uh, you're, you're the vintage reproduction guy. Yeah, yeah. That's well, your brand. Yeah. Is that's my brand, and yeah. If they heard that I had his, first of all, it could be considered theft. Yeah. You know, but why? How did I get his jersey? Did he know about it? Did I break it in the middle of night? And did I feel remorse now that he passed away? So no, thankfully, no, never did that. Even though it would be worth thousands, and that was a glory time, 1961. Paul Hornig, the Golden Boy, very handsome yeah. guy, very partying womanizing but he and he said he doesn't regret didn't regret any of it and this gets back to he didn't regret any, didn't regret any of that and he still he's was sort of the a great playoff of uh, football well uh <laughs> uh yes and, and that's well, nice. I, yes I, and I vince lombardi because she never regretted jenna or whatever the french Gina version was regret pa or something like that yeah yeah and, and uh but, you know, Tommy, Vince Lombardi, another person I cherish, you would have thought he would have bristled at Hornig's uh, late night antics. But no, he loved him. He was beloved and because he showed up on the field and yeah, did he a great came job. Through. He, he, he yep. uh, brought it to the game. Uh, yeah. Yep. Interesting fact, yep. Scott, because uh, I hadn't even considered Paul Hornig until you brought him up. Like, literally, I hadn't thought of him for probably 40 years. Uh, well, and that's how most people would be. And I, I, it's funny that I lab, gravitated towards him. And this was early on that he didn't play very much. After. I would have been literally, I was six years old in 1961. So how would I yeah. develop? And he really, uh, he, he was got caught up in a gambling scandal, unfortunately. Uh, you know, this gambling just, love- thing, Scotty. This, uh, can we just no. be plus positive about the fact that we're neither you nor I are gambling addicts? Is that a terrible Not thing to all. be plus positive about? No, it's a well. No, we get to keep our we money. Get to keep our money, and, and we don't yeah. bet on a team that we are playing on. Like that's the worst. No. you know the the you know Pete. Rose. He did better on them to win, but still, Pete uh, Rose no, no better on them to win. Uh, well, uh, I don't know about Pete Rose. Claimed he did. Paul Hornig definitely said he did. <laughs> uh, it's still not did. a good thing to do for the kids listening. Uh, Tommy, I got to tell you, but the true to explain how I'm not a gambler. Yeah. Remember in the Atlantic City. The, the used to have the buses, maybe they still do, where uh, you'd pay $17, but then they would refund all of it in quarters. But you had to walk through the entire casino to get to this thing miles away for them to exchange it into quarters. Uh, no, I'm sorry. They would give you uh, coins or something. So I would bring it and to get it changed into dollars. That was the uh, thing. And most people would be too weak, and eventually they'd start putting it into the machine. <laughs> But I would do it and I'd have my money back. Oh, wait. Okay. So let's just, this is a, can I just say, this is too, um, I don't want to use the word precious, a story, but it's, 
it's a story we we, we have to set the stage you're in yeah. new york and uh it's the summer right yeah or, or i assume it's good weather uh, probably yes that's probably a good time to go yeah, yeah i just want to kind of for our listeners to imagine that you get a they had these buses i don't they still do right probably i'm sure they still do because yeah because they were trying to get people to come to atlantic city during the the week in particular but actually all the time they were just and so they would have these buses that were working with the various casinos were right owned by the casinos i don't know but anyway somehow were so you would get on these buses and just as you say scotty the, the trip would be $17 but you would get it back in the four you know you get to play you know they they're they're trying to get you to play you know craps yeah. and roulette of obviously right and, yeah and, yeah and it's a sort of this, but you beat the system you <laughs> beat the system it's almost Scotty like your uh, oceans 11 like you ripped off a huge casino <laughs> Yeah, I'm the Ocean Eleven of, of buses to Atlantic City. Well, I felt that way. It was a, no one could pull it off because, frankly, the temptation and they make it deliberately incredibly hard to uh, get that money back. You have to go through hundreds of casinos, every possible, and 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 women. Hey, would you like to play a game? You know, and you have to keep forcing your way through. No, I will not stop until you get there. And they probably don't come to the window right away. Yeah, and they're waiting and. Yeah. Oh, look at the guy getting his <laughs> money. Yeah. Cashing in his chips. <laughs> yeah. And I would, but I would do yeah. it all the time. And uh, you, you, you've done that. Time. So what was the, the attraction? Now yeah. I've been to Atlantic city. I was, uh, but I've been to it fairly recently, like this year, yeah. I think maybe even. Uh, yeah. And um, very uh, fascinatingly, not as good as Las Vegas. Like no, just no, in never fascinating ways, like in big ways, not as good as Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah, uh, it never captured that. It sadly they never did anything with the, the neighborhood, and it's 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 a sad place. And I basically they asked the question, why would yeah. I go there? It was mainly to do shows, uh, so I wanted to supplement whatever you know meager money I was getting for that. Uh, but I did, I have to say, I would be totally honest, I did do the slot machines. And in the old days, Tommy, you could put a, even a nickel or a quarter in. And that I would do because I figured I, I'm not going to lose all my money. Yeah. I've got some change. But you know what they did in ensuing years? They replaced the very profitable and, and, and efficient quarter and, and coin system with these cards you had to get or something. Yeah. And I never wound up doing it because it was too complicated. Right. Uh, and then it's also you know. like, and then does the winnings just go onto the card? You don't have a bunch of. And I never dropping. bothered to figure the it out. Of the it was slot too machine is totally gone. I, when I was a yeah. kid, I remember I went with my aunt to um, Reno, Nevada. Ah, the world's smallest, uh, biggest, biggest city, city or in, in, biggest little city in, in America. And and yeah. um, I remember watching local TV. I was very amused. Local. I was twelve years old, and then. And I got to watch local TV and it was the TV that would cover the entire and this Channel 4, KRNO in the Reno Sparks area was the Reno Sparks. It wasn't just Reno. All right. So what they had, though, was slot machines everywhere. Right. Like even in just diners, you could place slot machines and i was fascinated by them i i really could have become a gambler because i loved those games we had a roulette set at home and i would just play it with myself uh, and 
eventually I'd lose everything. And I learned <laughs> that you'd lose at roulette. Roulette's actually the worst game for, for odds, apparently. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, I admire again that you did that. You know, I, I really feel that I, I never did, played, oh, so yeah. bad. I never play anything and I don't know how to play anything. In fact, I don't know how to play cards, Tommy. I don't know how to play. And, and you would think, okay, well, it's not a big deal. No, when I had my TV show, Funny People, that George Slaughter produced, yeah. there was a segment where I literally, and this was the biggest fear I had, where I somehow had to shuffle and, <laughs> and, and give out cards. And, then, and, I, and I really, I, I was petrified because I'm going to do it wrong. <laughs> and they were going, and a wonderful comedian, a wonderful guy, Blake Clark, who was on the show, said, oh, it's easy. Yeah, you just shuffle it. That's all. Just shuffle shuffle it. And it's like nothing you can, just like flossing. That's <laughs> oh, easy. And I did it somehow so wrong that they all stared at me like, what did you just do? <laughs> I, and I still remember that. I was horrified, but I have no clue how to give cards, to shuffle, to hold them to what they are. You know? <laughs> <laughs> here it was, cards. and the millions of people on network television seeing my inadequacies. Oh my God! Do you think uh, that the tape shuffling. still exists somewhere? Ah, uh, yes. It, well, we ran it. There was. It, they just did it as is. So yes, there's a moment where people go, hey, "What do you do?" So I, I have to find <laughs> it. I have it on VHS. I need to digitize it um, well, and go through that. Um, they, they, should, they should. Well, it was George Flatter, so he wouldn't necessarily see the opportunity there. But you could make a joke out of your. Uh, that could be a whole show, really. Yeah, well, it would have been. It's like like uh, <laughs> Billy can't read. You know, it's one of those things. It's like, uh, you know, <laughs> please, it, won't you the, help? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and then and then it could just go. That's a great. That would have been a great um, story. Uh, 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 I mean, it would have been. It was a great. It is a great story. But that would have been. I could see that as a whole uh, episode in some really. You know, yeah, well, to have spun it off and really gone into it, and it, it, Scott Blackman. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that was uh, yeah. So uh, I also had that because uh, okay, yeah, I, I I was talking about how I used to play uh, stuff, uh, you know, play like roulette on my own, just uh, in my house, right? And I tried to build. I once tried to build a slot machine using pieces of um, just like toilet paper rolls and. Cup and and uh, coat hangers and 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 a box carton kind of thing, and uh, you could always win. You could always win with my slot machine. Yeah, but I love that time because it reminds me of Danny Dunn and the homework machine. <laughs> <laughs> there was a series of books, Danny Dunn, and he would always come up with these kind of inventions uh, that, like you yeah. did, and, and he, I told you he had an overstuffed sandwich on one of the covers, which I thought was the greatest thing oh, yeah. in the world. Well, I mean, yeah. I was that kind of, I, I aspired to be Gyro Gearloose, who was uh, <laughs> a Disney character, very little known. I, I don't know if we've discussed him. I think we may have. Uh, I don't, well, I'd love to hear it. I don't remember. Gyro Gearloose, uh, well, there was Ludwig von Duck, right? Remember, the, he came yeah. on in, in, in Wonderful World of Color, and he was this, and he talked like Einstein. He was this brilliant duck. <laughs> uh, but yeah. there was another duck uh, not a duck he was what kind of animal was he it was gyro gear loose and he was <laughs> he just would have he had a wacky hat that you know had antenna on it and and he just <laughs> they would do these amazing inventions and that's the person i aspired to be I, or person it was a disney character so yeah well they seem like people. yeah they seem they, they were virtually people i mean mickey mouse yeah. wore a suit and went to work and oh, had yeah. a hat and <laughs> 
You know, the- <laughs> well, that that was the genius of Disney that you didn't think of them as just cartoon characters and Donald Duck, and you felt you could meet them and have a conversation yeah. with them. The great uh, Chuck Jones wasn't he uh, behind uh, any of the the Bugs Warner Bunny, Brothers of course. Warner Brothers, yeah. But Mel Blanc, the marvelous, yeah, marvelous voice Mel Blanc, Mel also Blanc. Warner Brothers, and but an yeah. amazing vocal, just fantastical vocal abilities. But uh, getting the the gambling thing um, as an adult, yeah. and I, I remember we went as a uh, um, when a show I was working on wrapped, we rented a bus, or the show did anyway. And we went, you know, like a rock and roll bus with TV stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. Know, really tricked out and, and, and like a big, enormous limousine. And, uh, and, and I think they had a porn on the screen, if you can imagine. <laughs> and, uh, and, we, and we drove. You couldn't do that these no, days. Could not that would not do that. I, I barely, you can even talk about it these days. But we drove. <laughs> to be retroactive. Yeah, uh, we consequences. Uh, believe me. I mean, um, it, it's... Uh, but nothing really outrageous happened. We 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 all the entire writing staff uh, rode from L.A. to to um, Las Vegas, and it was beautiful. Wow. It's a beautiful. It's a great way to go. The scenery goes yeah. by, and you're just having fun and yeah. drinking and carrying on. But the gambling—that's the part that I I just felt so nervous about because I just feel like I can't. You know, like playing craps. Am I going to do it right? Is this the right thing? And am I going to lose everything? I, uh, uh, you know, am I going to get addicted to this and then lose everything? Or uh, yeah, losing everything is the thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, the classic scene where the great uh, the great Albert Brooks from uh, uh, Lost yeah. in America, I guess, was where he has, he has the nest egg, a hundred thousand dollars, which was a lot of money when it was made, and his overnight his wife. Loses it all, and the scene with Gary Marshall, I could watch over and over again, where he tries to convince him <laughs> to give him the money back, and and Gary Marshall was brilliant. Yeah, he goes, and but that's no, how we would be. No. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah. in a way, this would be good advertising for your. For your... <laughs> yeah, yeah, but everyone. But the thing is, everybody would want that money back. No, no, no. I'm sure they would. Just us. It would just be us. <laughs> and Gary Marshall played it so well. He did. It's just like, uh, but we're gambling. Las Vegas gambling. That's what it's for. We get it. That's what we. Yeah, I know. But it's just what a great thing. I, I'm just thinking off the top of my head. Now. Yeah, like, that was it, a great just, thing. That's always the fear: losing everything. He <laughs> well, lost that's everything. What you fear, you know, that you're going to wind up. That that. What if you like it? That that was the other thing that yeah. I really was because I I had that background of as a kid building slot machines and playing roulette and being thrilled to be in Reno, Nevada. But I gotta say. Uh, the the Atlantic City is one of the I have no problem, avo- you know, just uh, not gambling in Atlantic City. I just I mean I have no I actually um, yeah Atlantic City somehow is a huge downer to me. Well, at least you have I mean the beach and the ocean. I mean that's nice and the boardwalk, but it uh, yeah I, I, and and Vegas too. I feel like there's no place to sit in Vegas. No. I just feel like they, they don't want you to sit. That's the whole right. idea. And then the classic stories of, you know, and performers, you know, uh, he did say, you know, normally it's like, oh, go on, do as long as you can. And there it's like, get off, get him off, you know, 17 minutes off, get him off, get him back on the floor yeah. gambling and all that. So I never felt comfortable in Vegas either. Never actually uh, performed there except for a Passover right. show at Lake Las Vegas. But, but did you, um, did you, so, but your whole thing about getting on the bus and going down to Atlantic City from New York. And, and not yes. spending the money that they, you know, in other words, you, 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 uh, 
just cashed yeah, it in. Cashed yeah. it in. You walked right past all the uh, all the, the the ladies behind the the you know the the uh, twenty one games and all that. Stuff. Yeah. Uh, um, you just walked right past him, beat the system. But you were down there, and I I, I don't know if our listeners quite got it, but I think you said you did some performing down there. Well, I've done Atlantic. I did perform Atlantic several like, Atlantic City several times, and once I was almost going to be part of a review, which would have been thrilling, with probably scantily clad dancers, and a, and I auditioned. I think I did go down there and did a show. I mean, I think I got didn't get paid. I took the bus there and back in one day, and I, I did that. But uh, I mean, I had fun in Atlantic City, but it never, as you say, it never quite. Uh, reach the dream yeah. that it had. I was, never that Vegas it. I, I was hoping that there'd be a, a Las Vegas on the East Coast, but it was always yeah. going to be seasonal for one thing. It uh, unlike real Las yeah. Vegas, and and the other thing is that it just they just cheaped out. There's a great um, uh, YouTube video about the enormous hotel in, in Atlantic City that is oh yeah. a, a, a total bust but it's very new and it's huge oh. and massive. That's the thing about uh, uh, Atlantic City. They would have these, I would find myself driving down in one of these park car, you know, park, Scotty, talking about terror while driving. You're driving yeah. down these massive car parking areas where they're just completely unadorned, ugly uh, uh, cement block, and but forever and big and, huge spaces that are ugly it's uh, there no effort to doubt you know make them seem uh, exciting and lovely but you, you know the parking garage do, do, do you know what i'm saying Scotty? yeah it, it, it's yeah it's almost no, like i'm a, having a post-traumatic stress uh, syndrome well i, I could sense it just uh, just hearing that but it's, it's uh, yeah i like to say i mean they, they have an old time feeling and some of the old restaurants and i love some of the columns in the local papers, you know, that whole entertainment feeling. But uh, but again, yeah, I did beat the system with the gambling and the and the bus and it was difficult. But I well, I, you, no, know, you are the, you I are Ocean's Eleven. I mean, uh, well, I, I love that appellation. <laughs> we we yes. didn't know that at the beginning of this podcast. We know. Well, we learned a lot during these 35 minutes, including uh, we started off with flossing teeth and yet we somehow artfully wended our way into gambling and Paul Horning and many other topics. Uh, But I will, Tommy, as we close, uh, I promise our listeners, I will not, it will not be a Johnny Carson book uh, story. I will use the flossing device and I will share my exploits with our listeners coming shows. That's wow. Well, we have that to look forward to because, uh, you know, just the unwrapping process will be, you know, Oh, that's a whole yeah. show in itself. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and the plugging in. But Tommy, yeah. uh, yes, we'll look forward to that and much more. And I remain sincerely yours, Scott I'm always going to be Tom Saunders, and we're getting through this. I'm Tom Saunders, getting through this in Los Angeles. And I'm Scott Blakeman in New York City. I've never admitted this publicly until now. I don't floss. Yes, I know the dentists are right when they say flossing is essential to remove the food particles that brushing can't reach, and that not doing so can lead to the buildup of plaque and sensitive gums, yet still I have resisted. It's not for lack of trying, but I just can't seem to get the hang of this flossing thing. At each dentist visit, I always assure the dentist that now I'm going to start flossing, but I never did until now. Today, I received the Water Flosser by Waterpick, which promises, quote, 
healthier gums and brighter teeth and just one minute a day, which sounds like the headline of a 1940s ad in Life magazine with lots of copy. <laughs> now, I will start using the space age cordless battery operator wonder device today, and my teeth and gums will surely thank me. Scotty, I imagine your revelations are a shock to many a podcast listener who are diligent flossers and are fascinated by the irony of a dentist's son's aversion to tooth string. But to many, your powerful true confessions are a healing balm. For there are a lot of us who suffer tooth guilt for having gone days, weeks, or even lifetimes never flossing. Scotty, for generations, dentists and dental assistants have given patients over the years little rolls of dental floss and lectures on how to use it. But I'm still left with questions, Scotty. Is it to rub away plaque? Is it to get food out of between gums and teeth? Should you move the string up and down or back and forth? I go up and down. So many questions, and we haven't even gotten to your gleaming space-age fountain pen of the gums. Well, Tommy, I've always envied the flossers like you who somehow figured out the right way to do it and continue to find the right, right way twice a day. Now, I use the same excuse not to floss that I use to not exercise in a gym. Uh, I don't know how to do it, and if I do it the wrong way, it's worse than not doing it at all. Now, I thought I was destined to be a non-flosser my whole life, and until the friendly and skilled dental hygienist who cleaned my teeth this week told me about the Waterpik flosser. Sure, I knew Waterpik made electric toothbrushes, but I never dreamed that they made a device that could floss my teeth simply by holding the magic portable flosser in my hand. And as the box says, and I do promise to open it and start using it today, <laughs> the Waterpik flosser removes 99.9% .9 of plaque from treated areas and is up to 50% more effective for improving gum health versus string floss. Now, the nozzles simply direct the water between the teeth, and they say it's the easy and most effective way to floss, a line they actually have trademarked, by the way, which also could be their motto, too. <laughs> Scotty, this is going to sound like I've kissed too many Blarney stones, but just yesterday, before you made this wonder public, this wonderful, unexpected, totally counterintuitive uh, event, didn't see this coming twisteroo. Why, <laughs> early today, for some reason, well, actually yesterday, in the middle of the day, I decided to floss. Wow. And I actually felt I was doing it right for the change. It was a strange thing because I do floss uh, uh, on a semi-regular basis. You know, at, at night, I'll, I'll attempt to, uh, the flossing, and, but sometimes I'll postpone it, Scotty. Yeah. It's, sometimes, it's one of those things that... I've, I've actually, and once you start postponing things, or then that's a slippery slope. Well, yeah, well, actually, I think that's kind of rare in the floss world, because usually it seems like you've got the diligent, uh, I mean, my dad was always, uh, I'd see him floss and, you know, never missed a, a night. And usually the flossers, they know how to do it, and they go, and it's always so easy. That's what they say. I, I, yeah, because I say, I don't know, do I, as you said, do you do it this way or that way? And Yeah, uh, it's the back and forth, up and down. And, and it's not, it's never. It's never clear. They, and they make it so no. simple. Just, yeah, just go in there and just grab the string. And I never would get the right traction holding on to it. It would slip. And again, I didn't feel I was doing it right. And, and the fear of you're doing more harm by doing it wrong. And that was what guided me. 
<laughs> well, that's that. That actually is also the procrastinator's excuse. <laughs> yeah, if I could do it now, but what if I do it wrong? I could be doing more harm. No matter what it is. You yeah. Know? Right. I could mop up the floor now, but what if I mop wrong and I jam it into my stomach somehow? Yeah. You know? Or I use the wrong liquid and it discolors the floor. <laughs> discolors. You know. Let me put it off. But you, Tommy, it's interesting because the procrastinators, as we both are, we usually are steady with it. And usually someone like you would probably just not floss at all. And you came back to it yesterday, which is fascinating, and did it right. Well, and, and also yeah. it, it was fascinating to me also because it was uh, it, it, it was um, absolutely, in the, you know, coincidental to your uh, water pick. By the way, I want to just say a water pick those, I'm old enough to remember water pick. We used to have one. My parents bought one, and you, and and, and additionally, it or sorry, originally, it was this thing that would shoot water into your gum. Oh, that's it, right. It began that way. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah. I didn't. You know, it's funny. I, I vaguely remember that, and as as a dentist, I'm sure my dad had it, and yet somehow it's a it's a fact that eluded me because surely, and I say, you know, years ago. If when they were saying to me, yeah, here's the string. Every time you go to the dentist, here's the string. I'm never going to use this. If I had known, and I didn't know, but I somehow blocked it out, that there was this water pick flosser that really solves every problem, not just dentistry, but in terms of the whole world. I yeah. Think, so you know. so I've, I'm familiar, and I think a lot of our podcast listeners are familiar with the water pick. The interesting thing, though, Scotty, is, because I, I also I, I I much preferred the water pick to the to to string just kind of making you string do things like um, again the, uh, dentists were never and I and and I, I I honor the profession Scotty but dentists and their hygienists were never clear they would go back and forth sometimes they'd say back and forth sometimes they'd say up and down and yeah each time it would be different and what you're doing it for and what you're not doing it for that would change but not but always flossing that was always interesting though i think a lot of our listeners might wonder your father is a dentist he flossed every day didn't he ever sit you down and have that conversation son i'm going to show you how to floss it's kind of like fishing only it's because it uses, you know, line. And, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it's kind of something. Is that, you never know, had that. That's, that's the thing. I'm very interested. You know, is my dad was a great dentist and certainly cared about dental hygiene, but he never was an overbearing thing like, uh, nice, no son of mine will ever not floss <laughs> or no son of mine will ever not brush. And it never had that pressure. I mean, in fact, I do remember, I think I had my first cavity. I was in my 20s. And I remember my dad said, already he's got a cavity. <laughs> <laughs> I always remember that. And actually, I had two this week. And I think that's only like the fourth, third or fourth I've ever had in my lifetime. But so he was uh, yeah. easygoing. And, and remember the days, Tommy, when all you had to do was brush your teeth after every meal yeah. and have dentine gum <laughs> when you can't brush. Like, what a perfect world that was. Well, I didn't brush, but I used dentine <laughs> sugared gum. And we believed it. It's like, yeah, of course. Uh, you know. Uh, that's the world I want to go back to where you all you got to do is brush and chew dentine and and no flossing, you know. Uh, but yet flossing apparently did come on years later. And uh, yeah, do you remember the first time that uh, I can't remember the first time I did floss, but I never did it, uh, never did it right. And uh, but uh, yeah, that is the great thing. There was never a sense. Uh, for my dad, uh, 
about the pressure. That was the great thing. Uh, no, well, what I was saying, I think we got a, we had a little bit of a, a glitch here, but I, uh, the, the, I, I had never, I had, to, it's, I laughed hilariously, loudly. Can you laugh hilariously? I, oh, I hope was so, filled yeah. with hilarity when I, at the thought, at the memory of uh, dentine gum as a, yeah. uh, as a um, tooth fixer you know as a as a as a um, dental part of your everyday acid. dental hygiene yeah though. as part of your everyday. the <laughs> idea of these little sticks of gum i don't know if you heard that little sticks of gum of sugary gum it's so it's such an irresistible idea that yeah that 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 all you have to do is chew dentine well, although they did say you know brush your teeth in the dentine ads right but didn't say it but if you can't brush uh, chew dentine. Oh, right, that's right. If you can't brush, <laughs> if you cannot brush, in other words, dentine is really as good as brushing. Yeah, I mean, they say that. Yeah, like it's a sugar, chewing a sugared gum is actually the same effect as, as brushing, brushing your, your teeth. teeth. Yeah, and in those days, I mean, when you think about what a wonderful life that was, you know, a life free of dental floss, but instead you're chewing delicious dentine chewing gum yeah and if only everything could be that way it's like well you know you want to cut down on cholesterol here's a box of chocolates to eat every day you know and that was the magical uh, <laughs> cure you know we need more of those magical cures Tommy. and i think that i think people were happier in those days well definitely dentine, let's you know? take that as an absolute likelihood that people were happy yeah. in those days um uh, and and happy go lucky is the yeah that's the best kind of happy. Yeah, it's the best kind of happy. It's yeah. the, it, it yeah. Uh, so yeah, we didn't know that we our teeth. It's like we didn't know we were poor. We didn't know our teeth <laughs> were rotting. <laughs> right. we, we all thought we had great teeth. We didn't know. And, <laughs> you know. Well, actually, now thinking, speaking of dentine, now I don't know if you're familiar with this, but this was a big part of my upbringing. Chiclets. Now, do you remember chiclets from the American Chicle Company? <laughs> this was an incredible gum that my aunt Mitzi. Well, would, she was the only one I knew who had chiclets, but she would have boxes of them. And it was a joy of a kid. Mitzi always has the chiclets. And it was, <laughs> I think they still sell them. They're in a box and they're tablets of gum, really. They're like square tablets, delicious yeah, in all yeah. flavors. They're yeah. smaller even than chiclets. And, and yeah. uh, I, when I think of that, I always think of my grandmother, who was famous for splitting a chiclet amongst three <laughs> kids. Wow. How she could do it, but she, you know, there was a, there's a, uh, well, I guess you could say there's a Scottish tightwide uh, streak that runs through our family, Scotty. Um, but uh, yeah, we would, she would, <laughs> she, uh, and is it possible to split a chiclet three ways? I, I could see maybe two, two ways. ways, even that would be hard to split a chiclet. It's uh, hard to do it, but that's a great line that speaks to um, mm -hmm. frugalness. Yeah. Uh, you know, we were or po poverty, which wasn't the case, but no. we were so poor we had to split up the chiclets three ways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We had to split up chiclet three. Yeah, she was so cheap. She'd split it. Yeah, chiclet three ways. But, but okay, I'm just I'm basically reiterating the same slogan. I'm trying to think. well, but it's it's important to stress it, and <laughs> and these are gums of the past that. I assume still exists. I'll have yeah. to check it. The kids today, I don't know what they actually, I don't know what the kids today chew uh, because you don't hear them talking about gum a lot. No, I don't think chewing gum is as, 
a thing anymore. You know, I, I, I think I have a theory that chewing gum came around back when adults chewed tobacco. Oh, and yeah. That was like yeah. a thing. You chewed tobacco and then you'd spit it into a spittoon, Scotty. Uh, yeah, uh, well, especially the ball players all had a wad in their cheek. They did. Uh, Nellie Fox. I remember Nellie, Nellie Fox, Fox, Chicago White Sox. And, uh, Chicago and it was White Sox. obviously horrible for you and it was oral cancer not to laugh it was no. a horrible thing but at the time it was just tasty and that's what you did right it was tasty yeah <laughs> or, or something like what's the deal with yeah. chewing tobacco like what do you get out of it like does it stimulate you or something well i'm i hope it did because otherwise <laughs> what's the point of chewing tobacco it just seems was there a taste and I never did, thankfully, no. but uh, that was a very common thing. I think I may have tried doing it and it was and, and uh, accidentally swallowed. That's the worst oh. thing you can do with chewing tobacco. Uh, no, the worst thing you could do is feed it to a baby. <laughs> Who then swallows, Who then swallows it. it. Yeah, but, yeah. So but it's... the second worst is if you swallow it as an adult. <laughs> yeah, and... you'll survive <laughs> and, and just have a good story to tell uh, years story. later. And, yeah, uh, but but, uh, but that that is a fascinating thing about the you know yeah baseball players and Nellie Fox. Funny you should go right to Nellie Fox, a 1958 yeah. uh, World <laughs> Series. Uh, um, Was he on the White Sox? The White Sox, or? yeah, yeah. Uh, they went to the World Series. I don't think they won, but um, he would always have a huge pouch. I mean, a huge uh, <laughs> bulge in his cheek. <laughs> it is amazing that I haven't said Nellie Fox or thought Nellie Fox. More than an average of 35 years. I, I'm one when I would say it, but that just came right out. Well, and... I know. It was astounding that you you came up. Because Ernie Banks, also another famous Chicago oh, ball player, thing. never chewed tobacco. No, no. I picture him as a very athletic, lean, yeah. and, and, and very clean cut. Just, very you know, clean, not yet. He didn't have a big sack of good tobacco in his cheek. He had, it was a streamlined, great face, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, it's he, interesting. No, uh, he chewed baseball sort of like you know he some people get high on baseball he he do you know what i mean did that make well he uh he chewed up pitchers and spit them out <laughs> <laughs> as he rounded that's the bases for a See, home run yeah that's good we could t we could uh have a whole sports column about 1958 sports yeah yeah like new expressions or well on 1958 well, it's a great time. It was in, you know, they had the odd poses, like the, the <laughs> baseball cards or the foot players. They don't do it now, no. but it was these very kind of pose staged, the linebacker, and he had his hands down and looking fierce. Right. And the running backs would have the knee in the air yeah. and the hand pushing out, hand. holding the ball. Right. And it was the same set pose they always yeah. had. The hand pushing out, holding the ball, running yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, off at an angle. It's like a yeah. cliche. And then you go, and, and then you think, oh, these photographers are such copycats. Hey, why don't you have your hand out like you, you know, do a straight arming someone? Yeah, that's got it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but then you go, I want it to be different. Uh, no, that's where they all, no, you got to do this. No, 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 different no. What, what are you going to do? Tiptoe like you're a ballerina? <laughs> no, you straight up. Yeah. yeah, and they all did. And, uh, uh, and the great, I was thinking the other day, I was going to mention this, the, other day, the great Paul Hornig passed away and he was at 84 years of age. And I have his jersey, the number five. I've never, it's still in the plastic from Mitchell and Ness. I've had it for about eight years, never took it out of it. But I know, I'm glad that I have it. No, this it. is actually and, Paul Hornig's. Well, the, uh, 
once again, the vintage reproduction. Vintage reproduction. Okay. Yes, of course. Uh, everything I say is always a vintage reproduction. Yeah. I wish I had this jersey. <laughs> I, I, would call, I, I just wanted yeah. to clarify that from, with, our, uh, with our listeners, because I think they might be disappointed if it was the real thing. Uh, you, you have such a uh, you're you're the vintage reproduction guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, your brand yeah. is that's my brand. And yeah, if they heard that I had his first of all, it could be considered theft. Yeah. You know, but why? How did I get his jersey? Did he know about it? Did I break it in the middle of night? And did I feel remorse now that he passed away? So, no, thankfully, no, never did that, even though it would, it would be worth thousands. And that was a glory time, 1961. Paul Hornig, the golden boy, very handsome yep. guy, very partying, womanizing. But he and he said he doesn't regret, didn't regret any of it. And this gets back to he didn't regret I mean, any, didn't regret any of that. Right. And he still he's was sort of the a great player of uh, football. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, yes, and in that well, sense, I, yes, I, and I Vince Lombardi, because well, she never regretted, Jenna. Or whatever the French you know, version was, regret pas or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, but you know, Tommy Vince Lombardi, another person I cherish. You would have thought he would have bristled at Hornig's uh, late night antics, but no, he loved him. He was beloved, and because he showed up on the field and yeah, did he a great came job. through. He 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 yep. uh, brought it to the game. Uh, yeah, yeah. Interesting fact, yep. Scott, because. Uh, I hadn't even considered Paul Hornig until you brought him up. Like, literally, I hadn't thought of him for probably 40 years. Uh, well, and that's how most people would be. And I, I, it's funny that I gravitated towards him. And this was early on that he didn't play very much. After I would have been literally, I was six years old in 1961. So how would I yeah. develop? And he really uh, he, he was got caught up in a gambling scandal, unfortunately. Uh, you know, this gambling thing, Scotty, this, uh, can we just no. be plus positive about the fact that we're neither you nor I are gambling addicts? Is that a terrible Not thing to all. be plus positive about? No, it's a well, no, we get to keep our we money, get to keep our money. And, and we don't yeah. bet on a team that we are playing on. Like, that's the worst, no. you know, the, the you know, Pete. Rose. He did better than them to win, but still Pete uh, Rose no, bet no on them to win. Uh, well, uh, I don't know about Pete Rose claimed he did. Paul Hornig definitely said he did. Uh, it's still not a good thing to do for the kids listening. Uh, Tommy, I got to tell you about the true to explain how I'm not a gambler. Yeah. Remember in the Atlantic City, the, the used to have the buses. Maybe they still do where uh, you pay $17, but then they would refund all of it in quarters. But you had to walk through the entire casino to get to this thing miles away for them to exchange it into quarters. Uh, no, I'm sorry. They would give you uh, coins or something. So I would bring it and to get it changed into dollars. That was the uh, thing. And most people would be too weak and eventually they'd start putting it into the machine. <laughs> but I would do it and I'd have my money back. Oh, and- wait. Okay. So let's just, this is a, can I just say, this is too, um, I don't want to use the word precious a story, but it's, it's a story we, we, we have to set the stage. You're in yeah. New York and uh, it's the summer, right? Yeah. Or, or I assume it's good weather. Uh, probably, yes. That's probably a good time to go. Yeah. yeah. I just want to kind of, for our listeners to imagine that you get a, they had these buses. I don't, they still do, right? Probably. I'm sure they still do. Because yeah. Because they were trying to get people to come to Atlantic City. During the, the week in particular, but actually all the time, they would just, and so they would have these buses that 
were working with the various casinos were right. owned by the casinos. I don't know. But anyway, somehow were. So you would get on these buses. And just as you say, Scotty, the, the trip would be $17, but you would get it back in the four. You know, you get to play. You know, they're, they're, they're trying to get you to play, you know, craps yeah. and roulette, obviously. Right. And, yeah. And, yeah. And it's sort of this. But you beat the system. You beat the system. It's almost, Scotty, like your uh, Ocean's Eleven. Like you ripped off a huge casino. Yeah, yeah. I'm the Ocean's Eleven of, of buses to Atlantic City. Well, I felt that way. It was this, no one could pull it off because, frankly, the temptation and they make it deliberately incredibly hard to uh, get that money back. You have to go through hundreds of casinos, every possible, and 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 women. Hey, would you like to play a game? You know, and you have to keep forcing your way through. No, I will not stop until you get What's there. And they probably don't come to the go? window right away. They yeah, and they're you. waiting. And hey, Yeah. Oh, look at the guy getting his <laughs> money. Yeah. Cashing in his chips. <laughs> yeah, and I would, but I would do yeah. it all the time. And uh, you, you, you've done that many. So what was the, the attraction? Now, yeah. I've been to Atlantic City. I was, uh, but I've been to it fairly recently, like this year, yeah. I think, maybe even. Uh, yeah. And, um, very uh, uh, fascinatingly not as good as Las Vegas. Like no, just no, in never fascinating ways, like in big ways, not as good as Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it never captured that. It's sadly, they never did anything with the, the neighborhood. And it's, it's, it's a sad place. And I basically, they asked the question, why would yeah. I go there? It was mainly to do shows. Uh, so I wanted to, supplement whatever you know meager money i was getting for that uh but i did i have to say i would be totally honest i did do the slot machines and in the old days tommy you could put a even a nickel or a quarter in and that i would do because i figured I, i'm not going to lose all my money yeah. i've got some change but you know what they did in ensuing years they replaced the very profitable and and, and efficient quarter and and coin system with these cards you had to get or something yeah. and i never wound up doing it because it was too complicated what? Uh, and then it's also you know. like, and then does the winnings just go onto the card? It, it, you don't have a, a bunch of. And I never bothered to figure the it out. Joy of the it was slot too machine is totally gone. I, when I was a yeah. kid, I remember I went with my aunt to um, Reno, Nevada. Ah, the world's smallest, uh, biggest, biggest city, city or in, in, biggest little city in, in America. And and yeah. um, I remember watching local TV. I was very amused. Local. I was twelve years old, and. Then, and I got to watch local TV, and it was the TV that would cover the entire, and this Channel 4, uh, 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 KRNO, in the Reno yeah. Sparks area. It was the, the, right. the Reno yeah. Sparks. It wasn't just Reno. All right. So what they had, though, was um, slot machines everywhere, right? Like even in, in yeah. just diners, you could play slot machines and i was fascinated by them i i really could have become a gambler because i loved those games we had a roulette set at home and i would just play it with myself okay. and eventually i'd lose everything and i learned <laughs> that you'd lose at roulette roulette's actually the worst game for for odds apparently yeah um, yeah well i admire again that you did that you know i i really feel that i never played, oh, so yeah. I never play anything, never. and I don't know how to play anything. In fact, I don't know how to play cards, Tommy. I don't know how to play. And, and you would think, okay, well, it's not a big deal. No, when I had my TV show, Funny People, that George Slaughter produced, yeah. there was a segment where I literally, and this is the biggest fear I had, where I somehow had to shuffle and 
and, and give out cards. And then and I and I really I I was petrified because I'm going to do it wrong. And they were going and a wonderful comedian, a wonderful guy, Blake Clark, who was on the show, said, "Oh, it's easy. Yeah, you just shuffle it. That's all. You just shuffle it. Shuffle it, and there's like nothing you could just like flossing. That's easy." And I did it somehow so wrong that they all stared at me like, what did you just do? <laughs> and I still remember that. I was horrified, but I have no clue how to give cards, to shuffle, to, to them. hold them to what they are. You know? <laughs> here it was. Cards. And the millions of people on network television seeing my inadequacies. Oh my gosh, you think uh, that the tape shuffling. still exists somewhere? Uh, yes, it, well, we ran it. There was, it. They just did it as is. So yes, there's a moment where people go, yeah, what do you do? So I, I have to find it. I have it on VHS. I need to digitize it um, well, and go through that. Uh, they, they should, well, it was George Schlatter, so he wouldn't necessarily see the opportunity there. But you could make a joke out of your, uh, that, that could be a whole show, really. Not, yeah, well, shuffle. it would have been. It's and... like, like uh, Billy can't read. You know, it's one of those things. It's like, uh, you know, <laughs> please, it, won't the, you help? <laughs> I mean, and then and then it could have just come out. That's a great. That would have been a great um, story. Uh, 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 I mean, it would have been. It was a great. It is a great story. But that would have been. I could see that as a whole uh, episode in some really, you know. Yeah, well, to have spun it off and really gone into it, and it, it, Scott Blaine. Yeah, uh, but yeah. That was uh, yeah. So uh, I also had that because uh, okay, yeah. I, I I was talking about how I used to play. Uh, stuff, uh, you know, play like roulette on my own, just uh, in my house, right? And I tried to build, I once tried to build a slot machine using pieces of um, just like toilet paper rolls and cup <laughs> and and uh, coat hangers and, and, and a box carton kind of thing. And uh, you could always win. You could always win with my slot machine. Yeah, but I love that time because it reminds me of Danny Dunn and the Homework Machine. <laughs> <laughs> there was a series of books, Danny Dunn, and he would always come up with these kind of inventions uh, that like you yeah. did. And, and he, I told you he had an overstuffed sandwich on one of the covers, which I thought was the greatest thing oh, yeah. in the world. Well, I mean, yeah. I was that kind of, I, I aspired to be Gyro Gearloose, who was uh, <laughs> a Disney character, very little known. I, I don't know if we've discussed him. I think we may have. Uh, I don't. Well, I'd love to hear it. I don't remember. Uh, well, there was Ludwig von Duck, right? Remember that he came yeah. on in, in, in Wonderful World of Color, and he was this, and he talked like Einstein. He was this brilliant duck. Uh, but yeah. there was another duck, uh, not a duck. He was what kind of animal was he? It was Gyro Gearloose. And he was. <laughs> he just would have. He had a wacky hat that you know had antenna on it, and and he just <laughs> it would do these cra amazing inventions and. That's the person I aspired to be, or person. It was a Disney character, so yeah. Well, they seemed like people. yeah, they seem they they were virtually people. I mean, Mickey Mouse yeah. wore a suit and went to work and oh, had yeah. a hat, and you know, was the, <laughs> well, that that was the genius of Disney that, that you didn't think of them as just cartoon characters and Donald Duck, and you felt you could meet them and have a conversation yeah. with them. The great uh, Chuck Jones wasn't he uh, behind uh, any he, of the the Bugs Warner Bunny, Brothers of course. Was Chuck Warner Brothers, yeah, but and Mel Blanc, the marvelous, yes, marvelous voice, Mel Blank, Mel also Blank. Warner Brothers, and but an yeah. amazing uh, vocal, uh, just fantastical uh, vocal abilities. But uh, uh, getting the the gambling thing um, as an adult, yeah. and I, I remember we went as a sh uh, um, uh, when a show I was working on wrapped, we rented a bus 
or the show did anyway. And we went, you know, like a rock and roll bus with TVs and stuff. Oh, really? Wow. You know, really tricked out and, and, and like a big, enormous limousine. And, uh, and, and I think they had a porn on the screen, if you can imagine. <laughs> and, uh, and, we, and we drove. You couldn't do that these no, days. Could not that would not do that. I, I barely, you can even talk about it these days. But we drove. <laughs> You'd be retroactive. Yeah, uh, we consequences. Uh, believe me, I mean, um, it, it's, uh, but nothing really outrageous happened. We, we, we all, the entire writing staff uh, rode from L.A. to, to um, Las Vegas. And it was beautiful. Wow. It's a beautiful ride. It's a great way to go. The scenery goes yeah. by and you're just having fun and yeah. drinking and carrying on. But the gambling, that's the part that I, I just felt so nervous about because I just feel like I can't, you know, like playing craps. Am I going to do it right? Is this the right thing? And am I going to lose everything? I, uh, uh, you know, am I going to get addicted to this and then lose everything? Or uh, yeah, losing everything is the thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, a classic scene where the great uh, the great Albert Brooks from uh, uh, Lost yeah. in America, I guess, was where he has, he has the nest egg, a hundred thousand dollars, which is a lot of money when it was made, and his overnight his wife loses it all and the scene with gary marshall i could watch over and over again where he tries to convince him <laughs> to give him the money back and and gary marshall was brilliant yeah, he goes, and, but that's no, how we would be no. yeah. uh, but, but yeah. in a way this would be good advertising for your, for your... <laughs> yeah everyone but the thing is everybody would want that money back no 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 i'm sure they would just us it would just be us <laughs> <laughs> and gary marshall played it so well he did it's just like, uh, but we're gambling. Las Vegas gambling. That's what it's for. We get, it, that's what we, yeah, I know, but it's just, what a great thing. I, I'm just thinking off the top of my head. Now. Yeah, that was it, a great just, That's always the fear, losing everything. He <laughs> well, lost that's everything. What you fear, you know, that you're going to wind up, that, that what if you like it? That, that was the other thing that yeah. I really was, because I, I had that background of, as a kid, building slot machines and playing roulette and being thrilled to be in Reno, Nevada. But I got to say, uh, the the Atlantic City is one of the. I have no problem, you know, just uh, not gambling in Atlantic City. I just, I mean, I have no. I actually, um, yeah, Atlantic City somehow is a huge downer to me. Well, at least you have. I mean, the beach and the ocean. I mean, that's nice, and the boardwalk. But it, uh, yeah, I, I, and and Vegas too. I feel like there's no place to sit in Vegas. No. I just feel like they don't want you to sit. That's the whole right. idea. And then the classic stories of, you know, and performers, you know, uh, he did say, you know, normally it's like, oh, go on, do as long as you can. And there it's like, get off, get them off, you know, 17 minutes off, get them off, get them back on the floor yeah. gambling and all that. So I never felt comfortable in Vegas either. Never actually uh, performed there except for a Passover right. show at Lake Las Vegas. But, but did you, um, did you, so, but your whole thing about getting on the bus and going down to Atlantic City from New York, and, and not that, yes. spending the money that they, you know, in other words, you, 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 uh, just cashed yeah, it in, cashed yeah. it in. You walked right past all the, uh, all the, the, the ladies behind the, the, you know, the, the, uh, 21 games and all that. Stuff. Yeah. Uh, um, you just walk right past them, beat the system, but you were down there and I, I, I don't know if our listeners quite got it, but I think you said you did some performing down there. Well, I've done Atlanta. I did perform in Atlantic City, Atlantic City several times. And once I was almost going to be part of a review, which would have been thrilling, with probably scantily clad dancers. And a, and I auditioned. I think I did go down there and 
did a show. I mean, I think I got didn't get paid. I took the bus there and back in one day, and I, I did that. But uh, I mean, I had fun in Atlantic City, but it never, as you say, it never quite uh, reached the dream no. that it had. I was, never that Vegas it. I, I was hoping that there'd be a, a Las Vegas on the East Coast, but it was always yeah. going to be seasonal, for one thing, it, uh, unlike real Las yeah. Vegas. And, and the other thing is that it just they just cheaped out. There's a great um, uh, YouTube video about the enormous hotel in, in Atlantic City Oh, yeah. a, a, a total bust, but it's very new and it's huge oh. and massive. That's the thing about uh, uh, Atlantic City. They would have these. I would find myself driving down da- in one of these park car, you know, park, Scotty, talking about terror while driving. You're driving yeah. down these massive car parking areas where they're just completely unadorned, ugly uh, uh cement block and but forever and big and huge spaces that are ugly it's uh, uh, there no effort to doll, you know make them seem uh, exciting and lovely but you, you know the parking garage do, do, do you know what i'm saying Scotty? It, yeah it, it's yeah it's almost no, like i'm it. having a post-traumatic stress uh, syndrome well, I, I could sense it just uh, just hearing that, but it's, it's uh, yeah, Atlantic City. I mean, they, they have an old time feeling, and some of the old restaurants, and I love some of the columns and the local papers. You know that whole entertainment feeling. But uh, but again, yeah, I did beat the system with the gambling and the and the bus, and it was difficult. But I well, I, you no, know, you are you are Ocean's Eleven. I mean, uh, well, I, I love that appellation. <laughs> we we yes. didn't know that at the beginning of this podcast we know well we learned a lot during these 35 minutes including uh we started off with flossing teeth and yet we somehow artfully wended our way into gambling and paul horning and many other topics uh but i will tommy as we close uh, i promise our listeners i will not it will not be a johnny carson book uh story i will use the flossing device and i will share my oh, please with do. our coming uh, shows. Oh, that's wow. Well, we have that to look forward to because, uh, you know, just the unwrapping process will be, you know. Oh, that's a whole yeah. show in itself. <laughs> All <laughs> right. And the plugging in. But Tommy, yeah. uh, yes, we'll look forward to that and much more. And I remain sincerely yours, Scott. It's always going to be Tom Saunders, and we're getting through this.